0: Modern Pleasure Podcast is sponsored by Adam and Eve. Lean in to your sexual curiosities. Are you ready? Because it's about to get real. Modern Pleasure answers the questions about sex that you've always wanted to ask, but didn't.
1: I do think that there is a magic in surrendering to the possibilities, right? If we're too controlled and rigid, it's hard to access pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. But if we surrender, just even just like in the body language of that, what is possible in the human body? Uh, because it really, I think there's so much to quality sex and that doesn't need to be intercourse, right? It's just like, it could be the intimacy, it can be the connection that has to do with surrendering to each other, to yourself, to the experience.
0: Welcome to Modern Pleasure Podcast. This episode is going to be a ton of fun. Can't wait. We've got some surprises in store for you as well. But first, let's thank our sponsor Adam and Eve. They have been so supportive and just for listening to our Modern Pleasure Podcast, they're going to give you a special Modern Pleasure discount. 50% off almost any one item when you use the code MODERN at checkout. Plus, you get free shipping. And some really fun free stuff, like six free movies and three sexy bonus items, all for free. Adam and Eve are a great resource for fun, pleasurable toys, books, clothing, all kinds of stuff. And a perfect topic today, because we're talking about permission for pleasure. So check their website out, adamandeve.com. Go to the checkout after you pick your one item and get that 50% off when you use the code word MODERN, M-O-D-E-R-N, 50% off almost any one item, free shipping, and some fun stuff for free as well, and we thank you for your support, and so glad you're joining us for this episode. Good morning, Dr. Jenny, or should I say it's almost good afternoon at this point. How are you?
1: Yes, it is. Good morning, Kim. I'm great. I'm great. It's fun to be back. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good, and and really excited about this episode. But first, I kind of, I kind of like doing these recaps with you because. You know, obviously, I'm experimenting with my husband with all the new fun things I'm learning with this podcast. I've actually had a lot of people approach me. You know, I'm going to say they're friends, friends that know me and my husband who have listened to the podcast as well. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is so good. They're really loving it. But I have had a couple people say, I will never look at George the same way again. (laughs) Oh, how funny. And well well and here's why. So let okay. me we're gonna go back to um I think it was episode three. Okay. Where Dr. Jenny had me do this exercise.
1: Oh. oh yes. Okay,
0: remember? And the exercise was a way to understand how to objectify your partner in a positive way. And 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 with this episode, she asked me, well, it was a kind of a game, right? A a kind of a role playing thing. But in this little exercise, I had to describe my husband's penis. (laughs) And it was very uncomfortable for me. And I was like, Oh, God, this, how am I going to explain this to George? And so and you had told me don't worry about it. He's going to love the fact that you're actually doing this. This is this is a positive thing. And and then I think you mentioned when we have him on the show, which we did in episode 4. Um, you know, it's only fair that he should uh describe your vagina. <laughs> Remember you said that. Well, mm-hmm. So, so, we had George on the show, and it was great. Our last episode he was on It was a really great episode. I think it's one of my favorites so far. Oh good. But here's the funny thing: after we got done, he never did get the opportunity to to uh describe my vagina and i'm and I'm kind of thankful for that. But when, when I had discussed this with him, where I told him, hey, I had to describe your penis, and I said, and Dr. Denny said, it was only fair that you could describe my vagina. So I'm, you know, all's fair, right? Well, he never got the opportunity. And after we recorded that episode, he comes back and he kind of had this little sheepish grin on his face. And he goes, well... I really expected that I was going to be able to describe your vagina. And he hands me this piece of paper. He goes, I wrote everything down. I just about fell out of my chair. And I went, what? I'm so sorry that you didn't get that opportunity. But here, let me take a look. He had about seven or eight different ways to adjectives to describe my vagina. And I was just dying. Oh, my
1: gosh. So he was he was. He was very disappointed, I might add. Well, you can read this note to us if you'd like. No, I? I, I think I'll pass. No, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I love that you're naming this. Um, a quick edit just for our listeners. You know, I, I'm sure he was describing your vagina, but maybe he was describing the fullness of your genitals, which is the vulva. Just That's for right. clinical accuracy, but neither here nor there. Um It's permission for the erotic. It's permission to be uncensored and unfiltered, right? It's permission to allow the lovership, like to be lovers and allow that space of, yeah, I'm going to smell and taste and describe your genitals as part of who you are, right? We are are obviously more than our genitals, a small region of our our real estate on our body. But to allow that to be in the space is beautiful. And I love that he offered that gift to you. I, I know. I And I just
0: kind of was shocked. And, uh, you know, I had forgotten that we said that, you know, of course, you can you can have your opportunity because at the time when I told him that I had to describe his penis, he was mortified. He's like, oh, my God, I'm, your mother's going to listen to this. And now, you know, and so I think it was his way of especially after hearing the episodes and then being a part of that last one, I was i was actually very touched that he had put this thought into it and and he did a really nice job i mean it wasn't horrible by any stretch of the imagination it was actually quite flattering but i will admit that and when when i was uh doing this exercise with you you're right it there is and i and i believe we were talking about how being in that moment of of objectifying your your partner in that way really can sort of get those juices flowing really can bring that sense of arousal to you and i didn't expect that at all so it was it was quite a quite a good way to identify with that part of me that i hadn't really experienced before in that way, you know, so it was great. So, um, you know, if you're just if you're just tuning in and this is your first episode, you got to go back and listen really from the beginning, because I think there's been a a, a quite a bit of a in involvement for me personally. And I'm really hoping that there is for anybody who's listening to because it, it has been extremely um, not only informative, but really gratifying and satisfying in so many ways. And, and I really do appreciate um, all of the information that you're providing us, Dr. Jenny. It's just amazing. So, today we're talking about permission for pleasure. And I think I'm going to go back to that first episode where you were talking about pleasure as a birthright, it's our birthright. And that really struck a chord with me too. And so I'd like to just kind of turn this over to you and and let's dissect what this meaning is. What does that mean, permission for pleasure?
1: Yeah, I, I've had this mission statement for my – so my business is the Intimacy Institute where I offer sex and relationship therapy. And when I first was building out my business plan – I put together a mission statement like, my, what is, why am I doing this? And what emerged for me is permission for pleasure, helping all people, no matter who you are in the world, helping all people have permission for pleasure. Because what I find is that a few things restrict our permission for pleasure, and then we're not able to live into the fullness of our sexuality. And, and we shut it down, or we repress it, or we close it off, or we compartmentalize it. And we don't allow it to sort of take up space in our human psyche, energy, body, right? And and it doesn't mean you got to be overboard and hypersexual to, to, to access that, right? I mean, sometimes that shows up for people as well. But the idea is to really allow it in and in order to do that we want to look at what blocks us from allowing it in so really my job i feel like my the essence of my job is is helping people access that permission for pleasure i can give it to them all day long i can i can i can try to convince them from an expert position all day long here's your permission for pleasure but you know the, the, the real secret to the sauce is helping people find their own internal compass for that permission so that it actually sticks.
0: So I think this also goes back to that first episode where we identify what that narrative, that big bad narrative of good sex, that was an uh, uh, an amazing topic. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, especially, you know, it's I'm going to go back. I just talked to my gynecologist, had an appointment with her the other day. And I was telling her about the podcast, and she's super excited. I'm thinking maybe we need to have her on as a guest because she's extraordinary. Right. And she is a huge Adam and Eve fan. And what she was saying was one of the reasons and that she had this whole, there was a whole paper that she had read about the stigma of sex and that Adam and Eve was really trying to help, you know, get over that whole idea that sex is dirty or sex is bad or you know and and uh, by the way, I think I might start a podcast about um, their story. their story, it the story of Adam and Eve in this context with with their uh, company is absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. And and so getting back to what you're saying is that I think there is a lot of stigma when it comes to sex. And we've talked about this in almost every single episode. So is it just about what the narrative that everybody else brings on you or is there is it more of a personal block or is it a combination of so many different things?
1: And how do we get past that? Um. It's a combination of everything, right? It, 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 you know, depends who you are in the world as well, right? Some cultures um, allow for a lot of permission for pleasure or more permission for pleasure, I would say. And other cultures, um, that's not a thing. Same with religion. Um, Some, you know, not not to sort of hierarchy, different religions, but what you want to sort of look at is what does your culture say? What does religion say? What did your family of origin say? What does social media say? What is sort of the bigger media messages say? And then how does that all get registered in your body and in your psyche to inform whether permission is permissible or not? Um, also, your experiences matter, right? If we're survivors of a sexual violation, for instance, which is super common, whether it's familial or stranger, um, That gets lodged in our system very prominently and definitely informs whether we allow pleasure in or not, or what level of pleasure. Also, you know, we have this American globe, this like American mindset of work hard, play hard. But the idea of that is if I am productive enough, then I get to play, then I get my pleasure. But first, I must check the box of being productive enough. So it's almost like you a, eat your vegetables and you get your dessert. Yes, eat your vegetables and get your dessert. Um, that's funny. I do that with my kids. and, and I, <laughs>
0: Right? So. I know. As kids, we, we're always told the same thing. Well, you can't have any dessert unless you eat your
1: vegetables, you know? Right. If you do this, then that. Yeah. Right. Well, check that out for myself. Good. Way to call me. <laughs> um, hey, anytime. I'm here. I'm here to help. <laughs> Yeah, but the idea is some people never allow that. Then their productive part's on overdrive because that's what keeps them successful, and so it never goes to rest. And if it never goes to rest, then the permission doesn't have space to occupy the room.
0: So, but but is there that point where it's not? It, it, it's not only allowing permission for yourself, but it's allowing permission for your partner too. I mean, do you feel that sense of responsibility? Let me see if I can put this a different way. So I got, I always have to have a story because it helps me to explain this much better than if I don't have a story. So I, we talked about my husband. He's very, you know, he manscapes, right? He's got it down and he loves it. Well, I told him the other day, I said, you know, I think I want, I think I want you to, to clean me up a little bit down there. It's hard for me to do it. So would you do it? He's like, you mean you're going to let me do that? I'm like, I think I am. And I put myself in a very vulnerable position with my husband, spreading my legs, letting him take his little razors and everything that he has and literally cleaning me up and It was so uncomfortable in the first like five minutes. I was just like, what am I doing? And I mean, he's getting in there. I thought he, you know, I mean, he's like a professional, right? But once I allowed myself to say, you know, I I allowed him to do it. I was fine. I'm giving because obviously it was pleasurable for him. He loved it. But for me, I was just like so tense. And then all of a sudden I went, you know what? I'm going to get into this. And I did. And once I did. Allowed myself to just relax and say, this is okay, and if it and if it's pleasurable in any way or if I'm finding that I'm getting aroused or any way, I'm gonna be okay with it. I'm just gonna let this go. But and what happened when I did this, because as soon as I let go, I was like, just spread eagle, like you go for it, honey. And he all of a sudden became very technical about it. And it wasn't much of an arousal thing for him as he was making sure that he didn't hurt me or that he didn't, you know, get too close. Is this going to, does this, is this hurt or am I? And all of a sudden it became this thing where I was the one who was completely free and allowing myself to be, you know, landscaped, if you will, by my husband. And it became this whole new thing that i am willing to do again and and there and then again there's that connection right that connection between my husband and i which was on a completely different level after 19 years of marriage that is that specific little exercise has never happened before so i guess my point is is that I was willing, not at first, but after a while, and I think I did give my myself permission to just be this in this vulnerable state. Whereas with him, I did say, "Hey, look, you know, you do whatever you want to do." And I don't know if that is the same thing, but by doing that, there was a whole different level of connection. Does that make sense?
1: Totally. Okay. Good. I so love the story. I know what? he's going to be like, all right. So our whole sex life is going to be out in the open now. Right. I'm like, well, <laughs> but this is a, t- this is a moment, Kim, that's so important. Again, you know, even for your listeners of like that wasn't intercourse. That wasn't sex no. per se. No. right? But it was so intimate and it was so, uh, for you, such a risky first move that you, what I hear in that is you leaned into it. You just took your, you just noticed the fear and the vulnerability. You sat with it. You trusted that that's in the room, and then it passed because emotions pass. <laughs> yeah, and you've met the pleasure of it. You met the connection in that, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, capacity. It's great.
0: Yeah, no, it was great, and it didn't come in the form of an orgasm or any kind of sexual content in that way. It literally just came in the form of actually being a very relaxing connecting experience and so i think that there is that uh, misunderstanding that pleasure has to come in the form of an orgasm right it doesn't
1: right right pleasure can come in the form of relaxation and groundedness there's so much pleasure in that too it can come in the form of subtle arousal or high arousal it could come in the form of just feeling joy. I mean, the pleasure of just feeling joy, especially sometimes in our societies, can be elusive. So, pleasure doesn't have to be just this sexual thing or this orgasmic thing. I love that you said that. Pleasure can be in the intimacy that that is such an intimate moment of of landscaping, and that's gorgeous. So, so yes, and and what's so interesting about your story, Kim, is that permission for pleasure doesn't mean or just searching, searching, searching for the pleasure. It's the permission for all of it. You gave yourself the permission for the vulnerability, the discomfort, right? Maybe some fear. You allowed all that to be present too because that, when you give permission for all of it and you sit courageously with all of it, then, we're, then we can really access our permission for pleasure too.
0: Yeah, it was it was a pretty cool experience, I have to admit. I yeah. I, you know, and it and it wasn't anything that was planned or, you know, all that. I just kind of went. Yeah, we need to clean this up. Well, of course, you know, we were going to go uh we went away for the weekend, so we were spending some time in a hotel and I was like, you know, I don't have time to go out and get wax, so maybe I'll see if he can clean this up a little bit cuz as you all know, women, it's really hard to see down there, especially, mm-hmm. you know, when you want to and he, and you don't want to hurt yourself, <laughs>
1: sure, sure.
0: no. And so he was he he did a really great job, by the way. Um,
1: and then, of course, our huh? Our, Do you wax for you or for him?
0: Well, I mean, when I waxed, you know, I haven't done that in quite a while. But when I waxed, um, I think it's always been for him, not necessarily for mm-hmm. me. Yeah cuz i could let myself go for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't seem to care one way or the other, but mm-hmm. um but yeah, i think it would be would be for him. That's a funny question. Never thought about that.
1: It's just the narrative again. What does the narrative say that we should do and then we end up acquiescing to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't like waxing down there. It's painful. I just don't like it. It's like, oh, this is not something I want to do. I would much rather go through the experience that I had with my husband than wax any day. And that's probably what will happen from now on. Right. So, so no, that was good, but we had a great weekend. We, uh, had a, you know, stayed in a hotel, which is, hasn't been a while since we've done that. And, and, um, Had had a wonderful time, you know, and again, this connection uh, is really, really been amazing. It it really has. I love it. So I want to talk about the how, why and how does part of this permission for pleasure also on the other side of it is why, why and how does the shame develop around it? I mean, it's. Obviously, you know, like we talked about before, the the different blocks and stuff like that. But how do you get past that, and how do you allow yourself to give permission for pleasure in any other in in many different ways? Is it just uh, understanding and identifying what pleasure is?
1: That that's certainly a component of it, Um, and I don't think there's sort of a linear answer to this. Because everyone's different. Sometimes it's just an organic, nonlinear healing process. Uh, But part of it is understanding what is pleasure. Part of it is understanding where we're blocking our pleasure and then why. And then part of it is being able to sit with the capacity, you know, sit with the blocks. Usually the blocks come from a painful place, right? What messages... You know the shaming messages we got from caregivers growing up; those are hard to sit with and and actually find in our body and find in our system, or find the messages we got from a religious expert or you know a religion or even just society. Um, the shoulds, right? Even just taking your waxing story, I should I should wax. Well, where do we get that from? We get that from porn because everybody's waxed there, yeah, and we. Assume that porn is the only thing that turns on you know let's talk heterosexually only thing that turns on a male spouse so I must wax mm-hmm. and that's painful but it's a sacrifice I'll do because that's the only way I will feel attractive and that is that really is that if you check in with sort of that inner wisdom is that really what makes you feel attractive or are you catering to a narrative where you feel obligated to wax to ensure that you're attractive right and yeah. maybe you want to lose, and that's totally fine. But I'd rather come from an organic inner place than an overarching narrative. Yeah, that you're doing it for somebody else,
0: right? But yes. what about what about that person that doesn't even understand where the block is? You know, you, you've mentioned quite a few different things. I mean, how you know? I, I'm going to go back to our our conversation with Quinlan, where she just mm-hmm. didn't know. You know, she was so blocked. She just didn't know why she wasn't feeling sexual or being aroused or anything like that. She just didn't know, you know, and she just kind of put the normal excuses. Well, I'm just tired and I'm busy, you know, whereas I think it definitely goes deeper than that. How do you find that? How how what does it take to go down deep? How do you do that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well let's use her as an example. She's tired and busy. If that's where she's at, what happens when she's energized, not tired, and less busy? Does she still feel the sexual block? She might. So mm-hmm. now she's up against something new. Right? If you take away the two blocks that are the, th- the theory of where where the block is from, and now you know, and so for instance, a lot of people who say I'm busy and tired go on vacation, no longer busy and tired. If that's their truth, if it's really just I'm busy and tired, usually vacation sex is awesome. Mm. If you go on vacation and you're like I'm not busy and tired, and I'm still struggling, it's kind of a cue that there's another layer to look at. Yeah,
0: and, and I totally can relate to that. I think I think you know you do kind of put up all these different excuses as to why maybe you're not aroused or why you know you you don't feel like you want to have sex but yet this i'm going to go back to the conversation i had with my gynecologist she put me on um testosterone because i had told her you know i just don't feel like i have this libido anymore and i want to be able to have that that feeling of you know wanting to have sex so she gave me this little you know uh syringe that says here just put this in for a while let's see what happens Well, what happened was I started having, you know, night sweats and got super agitated. (laughs) And so I'm like, you know, I don't think I don't think I want this to work. But then I told her after, you know, talking with you and in our last four episodes, I said, I don't think I have a libido problem. I think I have a mental block problem. And she was so excited to hear about this, you know, and it was and it's true because. I haven't done anything different. You know, I, I haven't been taking that stuff in in weeks. Yet I feel different about sex and I'm aroused easy uh, easier um and and it's and it, and I'm more playful. I mean, there's all these little components that have just brought our connection together and again I'm going to say it and it doesn't always end up in sex it could just end up in playing we have this joke now where you know he'll say we when we had George on in the last episode what we talked about was filling up our um oh now I can't even think of it the bucket the oh god see this is menopause brain we were talking about how you just can't go in there and turn it on. That it's not just about me coming in there and and you know fondling you or you coming by and fondling me. It's all the little things, that little deposits, the deposits, the little oh, de- filling up your piggy bank. Your, up your, bank, your erotic piggy bank. That's right, that's right. So not filling up your erotic piggy bank. Mm-hmm. So we have this little this little joke and this little play thing where he's like, okay, so that should count for at least five deposits. <laughs> In your piggy bank and I'm like it doesn't work that way you can't tell me what you're I it 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 doesn't matter what you think you're depositing in my piggy bank it matters what I think you're depositing in my piggy bank so let's be clear okay and so we have this joke and and sometimes it's it's a takeaway of the deposits and sometimes it's an ad but but at least even though it's just in in fun at least we're extremely aware of that situation of putting those little deposits in. And that's pleasurable for me. I love playing that game, like, you know, leading up to something, like we're going away this weekend. We're leading up to, you know, that that fun that we might be having in in the hotel room. Um, even to the point where I actually played in a poker tournament yesterday and, you know, told him, I said, well, I lost, you know, my poker tournament, but I'm not going to lose this weekend. Kind of a thing, you know, kind of playing yeah. that way. And he's like, oh, so maybe we're going to play some strip poker this weekend. And mm-hmm. he starts to get excited. So yeah. I think that there's that there's th- th- it is super true about how, you know, pleasure can't come from an immediate place sometimes. Right. It comes from a number of different things that build up that can certainly add to a pleasurable moment.
1: Right. Right. And also just to highlight everything you just said, there's so much playfulness. Yes. That is a huge
0: component.
1: Yes. Permission for playfulness. And he, he just embodies playfulness, which is great. Um, But we don't, as adults, we don't always play, right? We have to be serious and we have to work. And, you know just remembering how to play as an adult is really helpful for accessing our pleasure too for sure
0: if you're just joining us uh this episode of modern pleasure podcast is talking about pleasure and permission for pleasure and we want to thank our sponsors Adam and Eve um for for just being a huge support of our podcast and just for listening You get a special Modern Pleasure discount, 50% off almost any one item when you use the code MODERN at checkout. Plus, you get free shipping and some really fun free stuff like six free movies and three sexy bonus items. Just really curious about what those sexy bonus items are. Uh, If you want to find out, go to adamandeve.com. Use code word modern, M-O-D-E-R-N at checkout. Get 50% off almost any one item, free shipping, and some fun free stuff as well. And thank you so much for for joining us and listening today. Have some kind of a a little bit of a fun addition to our podcast today. Um, We're going to bring in Savannah Rain. Hi, Savannah.
1: Hi Savannah
0: Savannah and I have had a number of discussions um, about uh, our podcast and we wanted to bring her in because she is been doing her own research on some fun okay. products and we're going to talk about that in a minute but you've been listening to our conversation Savannah.
2: Yes, I have been. I love listening to
0: you all your stories. Tim. <laughs> My stories. Do you do you have any thoughts or opinions on this conversation? I mean, I love getting that. You know, I'm in a definitely a different generation and demographic than you are, and so I, I always think it's a really important uh, position of um, opinion from somebody who, I, you know, I know that you're much younger than I am. So I'm curious to, to get your take on on all of this.
2: Yeah, I actually relate a lot to what you're saying, which I think is interesting because it goes to show that actually not a lot has changed over the last couple of generations with women and permission for ourselves to feel pleasure Um, I definitely have always struggled with that and I still struggle with allowing myself to feel like one that I am allowed to ask for something and feel who I am but also like that I deserve it Mm. Um, you know I grew up like Dr. Jenny were saying in you know my parents were very religious very like strict military household it was very like I mean I wore old Navy boys clothes through middle school and high school I wasn't allowed to shave my legs um,
0: oh,
2: wow and my stepmom had a lot of trauma so looking like as a child I was just like why can't I do all these normal things but as an adult I do appreciate that like that was her trauma response to try to protect me from being hypersexualized as a child um but I mean like that obviously still does have an impact as good as her intentions Um, and I honestly don't think that I stepped into my own until I became a stripper.
0: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I was in multiple abusive relationships. My last relationship was sexually very coercive. And I will say on the border of abusive, in my opinion, it left me with a lot to work through. My current partner is amazing. Definitely the most healing person I've ever been with physically and emotionally. Like oh, that's a good. magical, magical man. <laughs> I'm so in love with him. Um, and he's also so kind as your husband
0: is to be testing all of these. Me. Um. <laughs> well, and I, and I, I want to add that Savannah is our modern pleasure reviewer. And so, you know, part of this podcast is and and again, this is a perfect episode to do it is to really, you know, get rid of that stigma that that sex yeah. toys are not you know okay to use naughty. <laughs> they're not naughty they're fun and so um savannah is our modern pleasure reviewer and we will soon have our modern pleasure review website up where you can get more and a little bit a little bit uh more definitive answers on some of these products but um i'd like to kind of you know what what have you been up to what kind of fun things what have, have you been through? yeah, yeah. Let me tell you.
2: Um, so I think I have three things that I tested and think are, you know, good beginner products, or at least, you know, have some correlation to what we're talking about today. So the first product is like super simple. It's I feel like a lot of people use lube and if you don't use lube, I really beg you, beg you to try it because it's a game changer. Any lube, not this lube, any lube.
0: So even if if you're young and you're still got a lot of that moisture in there, you don't have to be old and dried up to use lube. Exactly.
2: (laughs) People are always like, oh, I don't need lube. I'm already wet. But it doesn't really matter if you're wet or if you're not wet. I think that itself is a stigma of like, oh, I can't have pleasure. I can't access pleasure if I'm not. My body isn't
1: performing correctly, which is just not, I don't think. Oh. Oh, you know. it's geographic. You know, living in Colorado, um, if you're if at altitude, you're going to be drier. Um, if you're dehydrated for whatever reason, you're going to be drier. Yeah. Also, it's assuming that the vagina is the only orifice that we're having sex with. Like the anus does not self-lubricate. If you that want strong sex and you want a lubrication to go with that, right? There's so many other ways to have sex that require – I don't say require, but – could enhance the sexual experience of lube. Yes, exactly.
2: Um, so the one that I picked out for uh, myself and him is this KY thriz- like, thrills and chills. It's a lube specifically for him and her. I'm sure this can be used interchangeably with, you know, same-sex couples. Um, immediately opening the one that I use, which is the for her, it smells like lifesaver and like
0: winter green mints oh so it's got a little tingly um, action going on
2: yes nice. very i have never used a lube before that made me like kind of drool and like my mouth water <laughs> so that was a fun sensation to add on top of the physical sensation it was very i couldn't tell if it was warming or cooling it kind of felt like an icy hot patch Oh, gentle. and it just smells so good <laughs> it smells so good Um, his, we, I used it on myself, he used it on himself, um, during, like, a mutual masturbation session, just to, like, feel out the lubes. He didn't seem to, like, it's very watery, which is great, so, like, super slick, not very sticky, but he didn't seem to feel a certain, like, sensation along with it, but together, they definitely balanced each other out very well, Mm -hmm. so I would implore you to
1: try this
2: <laughs> implore you to try the lube <laughs> i love yeah. it even love if it. it's not with a partner even if it's just for yourself like toys and this little pink guy like oh
0: let me tell you <laughs> what No. what is that called again what is the lube called again ky yours and mine ky yours and mine okay i'm gonna write yeah. that down
2: it's a little set. I love KY. I even before I started working with anatomy, if I've always used KY loops. Um, the second easiest thing to start to get into, I think, is well, I don't know if I'll say easiest, but the least what's the word I'm looking for? Intimidating option is
0: this guy okay so we've talked about this dr jenny has has referenced this pillow um a, a couple of times and so i would i would like i want to hear your take on this savannah um but i'd like to get the the a little bit out of dr jenny about why
1: this pillow is so important yeah. um i love anything that sort of facilitates more comfort You know, to assume that our bodies are always able.
0: You Um, mean like the Kama Sutra positions that my husband has always wanted me to get into?
1: The side side table of your (laughs) Kama Sutra. Yeah. um, Pillows, props. Furniture allow us to adjust so that we can be in better alignment so that we can work with the limitations of our body and not feel insecure or less than that we don't bend a certain way or that our body doesn't flex or give or, you know, it's just sort of an an accessory that's supportive to feel a comfortable ease of being together. I mean, I'm very short. You can't tell sitting here, but I'm I'm only four ten. What? So. No. <laughs> I would have but, never guessed that. I'm pretty short, um, so you know, bed height matters. But if you don't have, if you can't, you don't have the luxury of like adjusting your bed. Pillows work, right? It's a much more financially accessible option to using your furniture in a easier way so savannah
0: i have to ask you is this the first time you've used this pillow it is the first time i've used this pillow and I mean, i've used
2: these pillows but right. they are not nearly as supportive as this guy is
0: <laughs> so what so tell me what the difference is i mean how, how did this enhance your experience um,
2: it's a lot firmer. It's like an air mattress. It has kind of the same felty texture as an air mattress. There's not a lot of give to it and there's handles, which I don't, oh. I know people who are listening to this can't tell, but there's handles on the sides of this, which makes it effective. Um, <laughs> basically what we started doing with it was, uh, me on my back, and even just the most simple position of me on my back, like these people, I think missionary is one of the most common ways that we connect with each other. And I think, I don't know, I, I definitely wasn't expecting for it to do much, but just lifting up my hips the way that it did, it made it easier on him and his body so he could go longer mm. and also be more controlled with his movements. So if he wanted to go deeper, if he wanted to go in slower, um, and it also like i don't know it like adjusted my hips up in a way that allowed him to hit spots that i like oh. more efficiently
0: well that's important um,
2: i unfortunately had to tear away from that position because i was quite happy there but i wanted <laughs> to give this guy some more tries so um <laughs> then i you know he flipped me over and i mean doggy style on this thing is so easy you don't feel like your back is breaking like he likes to gonna get a little graphic like grab my hips and like push me into the mattress which makes me feel like my back is breaking and in the moment when I'm being pleased for lack of better words like it doesn't matter that much but definitely after I can feel it and I'm like oh my god why did I do that you know yeah um but this just like helps support everything I was able to fully relax I think a lot of times when you're on your hands and knees in that position like Your muscles are activated, and you're like holding yourself up, and you know it feels good. But being able to completely just like lay there and take it, like
0: yeah, it it makes it much much more difficult to enjoy the experience when you're like when your muscles are shaking because you can't hold yourself up anymore. Yeah, or when
2: you're trying to be a little performative, sexy, and hold a pose for him,
0: you know. Oh yeah, yeah, that doesn't. Um, So this
2: like lets you lay down and take it like a champ, and it's I'm very much a fan of this okay pillow. i'm, I'm um, putting this
0: one on my list what's it called um it's just the it's called the inflatable position pillow
1: that's mm-hmm. it that's all it's called i so love that it sounds like if you deflate it which is fun yes you can deflate right. it um,
2: foldable shippable um i will want to say one more thing about this pillow um not everything is about me. I do like to try some things for him. And actually it is about me. Okay. So I had him (laughs) lay down on this.
0: That good girl, Savannah. Savannah's learning. Savannah's learning.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, it's for him. No, it's about me because my hips, let me tell you. Okay. So I had him lay down on this, similarly to how I was laying down on it, um, on his back. And I couldn't get my You know, like when you are on top cowgirl position, like you're not able to necessarily get your legs fully around this thing. And I'm tall. I've got long legs, but I was able to like put my feet down and kind of squat, which and use the handles. So like, it was a very easy position. I wasn't, my hips weren't getting too stretched out. I wasn't getting tired. I was able to do it longer. And he was again, able to just totally relax because he didn't have like a lot of my weight on him. He was able to like hold it up like hold it on myself and on the pillow. Um, so the weight distribution just made it kind of airy
0: and delightful. I would imagine this. And that was my final thought on this pillow. <laughs> I would imagine this. I think we have talked about it before as a great um, oral sex uh, positioning pillow too. Ooh, I
2: have not tried
0: that. <laughs> gonna uh, you're going to have to try that one and get back to us. Yeah, I love you know. this.
1: I love this pillow. Uh, what'd you say, Dr. Jenny? If your hips are elevated again, the partner giving you pleasure doesn't have to lift their you know, it doesn't have to crank on their neck in the same way. Mm. Yeah. Alignment. It's all about alignment, right? <laughs> yeah. My <laughs> chiropractor will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, the word to just bring into the mix, just to kind of sum up what you're saying, Savannah, so beautifully, is surrender. Yes. And 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 you know, when we're bracing and holding ourselves or trying to like maintain a position, it's hard to just surrender into the pleasure Mm -hmm. you're experiencing. So what I'm hearing in this pillow and which I think is not that we need to have a goal with sex, but if we do have a goal, my invitation for that is to fully surrender into it. Mm -hmm. And the pillow allows that alignment and comfort to just, okay, like I can just surrender and experience the bliss of all the sensations I'm experiencing. Yeah, S- sort exactly. of,
0: sort of like what I did when my husband, you know, vagina escaped me, vulva yes. vulva escaped me. <laughs> vulva
1: escaped. Vulva escaped. Yeah, Beautiful, just, exactly. You surrendered I
0: surrendered. I surrendered. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I love this pillow. Love it. Gonna order it. Please, Please
2: do. I do have one more thing. It's a little bit more advanced, a little bit more adventurous. Um, it is the dual rock and rabbit. Mm-hmm. It is a cock ring that also has like a rabbit vibrator attachment on it. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I personally always kind of wanted to try a cock ring because I was like, I love dildos i love vibrators don't get me wrong but i love just like the warmth and the flexibility for lack of better words that a dick has especially my partner's dick and i was very 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 excited to play with this because he put it on it felt good for him immediately as soon as we turned it on there's a lot of really great settings on here we started out very slow since it was our first time and it just like instantly started vibrating his entire shaft to the tip. And, you know, it just I even for a couple minutes had him just like play with the outside of my vulva and just like feel that. Very hot. <laughs> it,
0: it, that, um, I, that is the one thing I've never used either is is something like this. My husband would probably yeah. love it. Oh, I not? am a big fan. Sorry. Why not, Kim? I don't know because we've just been very vanilla with our toys. You know, I think I I expressed that I really like the bullet and I've just been a little bit intimidated by other things. Um but, you know, my my uh I'm I'm thinking broader. <laughs> yeah. So, I I mean, you know, I'm telling you when, when you start to get rid of that mental block and you start giving yourself a quote unquote permission for pleasure, um, it really does open your eyes to, and, and your mind to this being fun and okay. I was raised Catholic. My mom certainly wasn't, you know, being, a, somebody that was telling me that sex was bad or anything, but, um, but there is that stigma attached to, you know, well, this is just, you don't want to be that naughty girl. And so that's probably why I never really experienced with anything that I thought was super kinky. You know, not to say that this is kinky, but in my world, it, it a little bit more than what I would be used to, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But you said George wouldn't like
0: it. No, I is said George you- would like it. Oh,
1: George oh. would like it. George, George, the the Sutra king. Are you kidding? All right, I <laughs> freaking love George this. Might not like it, and he might be intimidated. Okay, so George would li- like it. It's you giving yourself that permission. Yes, to get this cool toy, and see what. The yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we interrupted you, Savannah. though, so keep telling us about it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, that.
0: totally okay.
2: Also, Kim, like I also viewed this as more of like a kinky, like advanced toy. It's not something I would have chosen for myself if not for having the opportunity to work on this podcast with you so I'm with you there um I would 100% recommend this thing though <laughs> sounds um, like it yeah so the idea is that there's two rings one goes around the balls the other goes like around the shaft so it like kind of looks like come closer when it's on yeah bring it closer um so the balls will be like down here and it will be on the shaft and then like it's when almost you're- like
0: a little harness
2: Mm -hmm. It is. It's like a little dick harness. It's great. Um, (laughs) These are meant as like a rabbit. They're not as flexible as I would like. Um, I was saying earlier that this definitely takes a little bit of patience, but I think that it's a good practice in mindfulness and pleasure to like figure out a new toy that isn't just like 100% efficient, like going to get you there immediately. It's like, okay, so what we did was we had it turned on. We were playing with the settings. He was fully inside of me. I had this pushed up against me. Um, just kind of like rocking around my hips on his, like feeling out what felt good, moving around a little bit more, playing with the settings, really just, and he was all there for it. He was just laying on top of me, having the best time in the world. Like oh my gosh, that like, sounds like, so fun. Being moving around. It was really fun. It was freeing a lot of laughing a lot of like oh what's this like very goofy fun sweet it's a game. toy right it's a toy it's, it's a meant toy. to have fun kids love their toys all right everybody has a kid inside <laughs> <laughs> kids um, can play
1: with adults can play with toys <laughs> right
2: um yeah I I think that this is a very good one for practicing pleasure and like allowing yourself to figure out what really does feel good and asking for things. Um, it reminded me of an experience I had with my partner recently, we got this like sex adventure book. Um, and one of the things, one of the challenges was for one partner to be tied up or blindfolded or both. And for the other partner to order them around and tell them to do things. And the partner who is not tied up is not allowed to touch or do anything that the tied up partner doesn't say. Wow. I don't know if I said that, right. Um, But I was a tied up partner and he was not. And I, he's very good at what he does. He's very, he knows my body. He knows me. He's loving, good at what he does. I found it so interesting that I was laying there, not knowing what to tell him to do, because he couldn't even just like kiss me or grab my thighs, like things that he knows turns me on. I had to v- think about it, verbalize it to have him do it, because he wasn't allowed to make a move that I wasn't saying out loud. So I found that very interesting. So
0: you were directing um, him on all levels.
2: On all levels, like wow, kiss me, stop kissing me, touch me here, touch me there play with me in this way, play with me in that way.
0: That sounds like um, a fun game. I'm good game. at getting
2: directed. You know, like when he's going down on me, I'll be like faster, slower, higher, lower. You know, I'm very good at that, but knowing really, really what gets me going and having to like, look in myself and be like, huh, what do I want him to do to me? This reminded me a lot of that experience. Um, just slowing down, being in my body, communicating with him very clearly Um, And eventually it got me there. So no complaints.
0: That's really cool. I think that I think that's actually a a really mindful way to experience something like that. Like you Mm -hmm. said, um, I think. For a lot of us, especially, you know, as we get older, it becomes a very monotonous thing. Sex can become a very monotonous thing, you know, and like we talked about obligatory sex and how you kind of just do it to make sure your partner is getting fulfilled and you sort of walk away unfulfilled and sometimes without even realizing it. Right. Um, I like that playfulness that you brought into this last product. And I'm and I'm actually very curious about it. Uh, and so I may surprise my husband with that one. <laughs> I think he would really like it. Yeah.
2: My partner said that it felt really great on his own. Just, you know, self-pleasure. So, and,
0: you know, and swear, way. George actually asked me, um, the other day, he goes, you know, you have all these toys. What about my toys? How come I don't have any toys? So this could be, this could be kind of a fun thing for him.
2: Mm-hmm. Give number
0: one, George. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Savannah, I love your story about the sex adventure book. I mean, maybe that's a product you bring into our conversation too. But what I just love about that story is the fact that I mean, it could be the the possibility for so much healing, right? When we get to be the director of our own script, which is what you were with that. Yeah. Right. We're not operating by the script we think our partner wants offering mm-hmm. we we have to be mindful and listen to what our body wants. Yeah. And and it's such an exercise in the tuning to our body at what they what our body wants, at what pace, where, how, right? It's a beautiful exercise that seems so empowering to really access the nuances of our arousal and if we've never really had that permission coming full circle back to permission for pleasure, we've never really had that permission for pleasure because we think we have to operate by what our husband wants or by what a lover wants or Mm -hmm. even what a hookup wants. Right. we're, We're just catering to the script of what the other person wants versus, Oh, what does my body want? Yeah. That matters. And I have not only the permission to say that it matters, but I can say it out loud it will be heard and it will be executed.
2: Yes. The safety that I felt with him was very healing for me. I do not do well when I'm tied up. I do not do well when I'm not in control of situations.
0: Mm, me either. But
2: to just Yeah, just to lay there and be like, okay, I'm going to allow myself to feel like I deserve this, figure out what it is that I like, and then give him permission to do that to me. Yeah. All of those things, like just let him serve me because he was having a great time. He was like, oh, this is fun. I get to just like, you know,
0: but it was really learn about
2: me as well. And so since we've done that exercise, he the way he touches me has changed.
0: Oh, yeah. I can imagine that it would be just Mm just you uh, him not doing what he wants to do, but him doing what you want him to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see where he would definitely learn a little bit more.
2: Mm hmm or even not just like not operating blindly. You know, guys think, I don't know, a lot of men watch porn. Well, a lot of people watch porn. And they're like, this is what feels good on a body, because this is what I've seen. Mm -hmm. You know, I have had the experience of going along with things. And you know, I will say it faking Mm -hmm. just for the sake of uh, not to say get it over with, but just to make them feel good, the other party feel good. For both Mm -hmm. men and women that I fucked up with, I'm guilty on both sides. Um and just like, yeah, like giving him actually kind of a grid to go by and what I actually want instead of him kind of just guessing. And it's like, he's naturally good at it anyways. But it's much more effective and much more connecting. Um and like intimate. It's much more intimate after doing that exercise. Our intimate time has become
1: Yeah. Very cool. He's connecting to you. I mean, yeah, you're saying why should we be mind readers and assume the roadmap? A, we all have a different roadmap. And B, if we're trying to be this mind reader and and guess it, you know, we might get it wrong or likely to get it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Did you tie him up and have him give you directions?
2: Um, We have not done that one yet, but that's next on our list.
1: Yeah.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you, Savannah. This was very informative.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I
0: found three new products I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) buy. And I want to remind our listeners, you can get all three of these products at adamandeve.com. And uh, make sure to use that code word MODERN and get 50% off any one item. Almost any one item, you can get 50% off, plus a bunch of free stuff. Like free movies, you get six free movies and three bonus sexy items that will help bring a little bit more pleasure into your life. AdamandEve.com, code word MODERN, 50% off almost any one item. And uh, again, Savannah, thanks. That was really fun. Looking forward to next episode. Uh, before we before we leave, Dr. Jenny, any closing thoughts on our uh, permission for pleasure subject?
1: Mm, I just love both your stories and how you're both experimenting with deepening into this permission for pleasure by surrendering. Like there's just, you're both doing different things. You know, Kim, you're surrendering with the landscaping of your, of your vulva. Savannah, you're surrendering into your pillow. You're surrendering into the being tied up and giving directions. Like I do think that there is a magic in surrendering to the possibilities, right? If we're too controlled and rigid, it's hard to access pleasure, right? Mm. But if we surrender, just even just like in the body language of that, what is possible in the human body? And I know we have an episode on anal down the road, which is all about surrender. So I'll just plant that seed as a foreshadow and a foreplay (laughs) for that episode, (laughs) uh, because it really, I think there's so much to quality sex, and that doesn't need to be intercourse. Right. It's just like it could be the intimacy can be the connection that has to do with surrendering to each other, to yourself, to the experience. So I just love both your stories because it punctuates that concept beautifully. And I find it really interesting that if these stories,
0: although somewhat similar in in feeling and result, are coming from two Uh, very uh, far apart age groups or age differences, you know? And that, to me, is actually, as, as an older woman, is actually really refreshing because I... You know, you always categorize sex in, in age groups. You know, you're in your twenties, you're very promiscuous, you're having all kinds of fun. In your thirties, you're really experimenting and you're doing all this crazy stuff, and you start settling down and, and between your forties, fifties, and even into your sixties, sex starts to get more mundane. But what I really learned today was that you you, Savannah and I have a lot of this similar issues. You know, we and and we want similar results. And uh, that's what I found really interesting today. So um, thank you for that. That that really made me feel like I'm not as old as I feel. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I don't feel that old, but sometimes when it comes to sex, I do. And how so about
1: wise, how about just
0: wise? And I old? like that. We'll we'll <laughs> use wise. Yeah. And then our next oh, episode. Hotel, by the way. What History. was it? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I plan on it. Definitely. Next episode, uh, you don't want to miss this. Let's define kinky sex, beginner, intermediate, and advanced ways to play. We're going to have Savannah back. Look at her. She's like, oh, yeah, can't wait for this one.
2: (laughs) Very excited for this
0: one. Yeah, me too. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Modern Pleasure. Um, Don't forget to download our other episodes if you haven't done it already and a new one every week. So make sure you find it wherever you get your podcasts and we will see you next time.